Welcome to another episode of the Sports Mecca Podcast with my partner Sam Hengeli. I'm your host, Stephen Abramo. Today, we're speaking with former Blue Valley Northwest men's basketball coach and longtime high school coach, Ed Fritz. Ed, how's it going today? It's going great. I sure appreciate the opportunity to come on. Yeah. Sam and I have been doing this for many months. We've we tried to get a couple people on in different areas. We've talked to a couple of college basketball players that played many years ago. Last week, we actually talked to another former junior college men's basketball coach. We'll kind of start off with this, Ed, with you just completed 17 years coaching Blue Valley Northwest, and then you just accepted the job to coach at you know North Kansas City. If you want to just kind of Tell us a little about how that maybe transition has been. Like, has anything been going on since, like, since you started uh, coaching the, uh, North Kansas City? So uh, I just was uh, ready to try something new. We've been really successful at Northwest, and I just kind of wanted to see if I could get another program and kind of get them to the top. And uh, uh, North Kansas City hasn't been very good the last few years, so I'm hoping to uh, be able to help them become a good team. Mm-hmm. The semester just ended, um, or at least it's close to being ended for all the schools, you know, within the within the Johnson County area. But I guess what's your like plans? Maybe once the school year starts in the fall, like once August and September rolls around, do you have any plans of what you're going to be doing with the with the team then? Yeah, uh, well, uh, in fact, Tuesday I get a, I get a start with the high school team, so that'll be my first day Tuesday. Uh, we're going to have, a, um, we just will start workouts uh, during the week and we're going to play in a few tournaments. We're going to go to a, a KU has a team camp. I think it's the 11th, 12th, or 13th of June. And uh, I'm going to take my team up there to play and uh, just really kind of focus on just getting to know the guys better and mm-hmm. work a little bit on player development and trying to get trying to get them better and just kind of instill a little different uh, mindset and attitude with them. Mm-hmm. So obviously, you know, your North Kansas City career it just started out, but kind of focusing on really kind of just with your tenure at Blue Valley Northwest, you know, with your 19 years throughout your time there, very, very, very successful five state championships. You eclipsed 600 plus wins. When you first, I guess, got hired on to be in the coach of that uh, program, like, did you envision you yourself like having that long of a, a tenure or did you envision yourself being that successful like what was kind of your your goal once you started uh coaching at blue valley northwest you know i'm a um, my dad was a uh coach uh, a college coach who traveled all over uh for his career and so i played college basketball but i wasn't good to play anymore after uh college so uh coaching was the next best thing i have a brother who's a and football coach at Tulane University. And uh, so we kind of grew up just with sports and with, with my dad. So I knew that, that I wanted to make a career out of it. Uh, when I got to Blue Valley uh, Northwest, I think my son was uh, in first or second grade, Vance, my oldest son, and he uh, I was able to kind of form a team with him and some kids in the neighborhood, which included you know Ben Richardson and Clayton Custer and a bunch of other good players. And so, you know, besides coaching a high school team, I kind of – Watch those kids grow up together, coach with them. So 
I've had a lot of fun and just a lot of great memories at Northwest. Mm -hmm. For sure. Again, just for the Blue Valley Northwest time, you know, you've definitely have done a good job of developing several players that have gone through the program and have moved on to, you know, successful college careers or maybe they're coaching after college. But, um, you know, namely, you just said, you know, Clayton Custer, um, you know, Christian Brown, who's currently playing at Kansas, and then Joe Pleasant, who's at, um, I believe, Abilene Christian. He he was actually part of the team that bought – knocked off Texas in this year's NCAA tournament. So throughout your time at Blue Valley Northwest, or even at your time maybe for, uh, you know, at Center High School, um, and you also did coach a little bit at, uh, at Baker University, like what have you found most successful in maybe like developing players? And, you know, for, for, for coaches that are maybe around the area or just in other high school programs, like what do you think is like kind of a, a, a lesson that they should use to maybe move players on further into their development? Yeah, I, you know, I talk a lot at clinics and, and talk to coaches a lot of times. And basketball is a really uh, fun game. It's it's been a big part of my life, and I kind of like to instill that passion with the kids. But I think I think the bottom line, you know, you gotta love to have relationships with kids. You gotta want to see them grow. You want to see them uh, develop and get better. I've been real lucky to be able to have some good players, but I also been lucky to have be able to see what some kids need to get better. Uh, you were talking about Christian. He was a really great player at Northwest, but, you know, his freshman year, he was on the freshman team. His sophomore year, I think he was ninth or tenth man, and then all of a sudden, he just really kept working and never complained about his role, and, uh, you know, he really got a lot better. He probably had the best senior year of anybody I've ever coached in my whole career. Being able to watch kids develop and be able to kind of help them see what they need, uh, that's been really special for me. Mm-hmm. With your experience, I guess coaching at Baker and of course at the high school level, um, what made you like want to uh, stick with the high school level? And like, what would you say the biggest difference is between coaching college versus high school? And that's a that's a great question. And uh, for me, it was really simple. I became a head college coach. I believe I was 25 years old at, at Baker. I wasn't quite ready for it, to be honest. The thing I like about high school is, uh, you know, you you get you, you come home every night, and you're not uh, um, you know you're not having to be on the road. Uh, the travel's not very hard. Uh, I told you earlier, my brother's a college football coach, and you know his hours during uh, the summer and the fall are just unbelievable. Aspect from the high school that it's not it's quite as uh, time consuming. But I, I also kind of just like something, too, about how you uh, could see a kid come in as a freshman and tailor some workouts to, to fit him and try to, you know, watch him grow and get better. So that's been really exciting for me. Yeah, I definitely agree with the, with the uh, college and like high school with the travel. Um, I'm also a cross-country track athlete at Emporia State. Okay. Wow. Yeah, so I'm used to like taking the bus like three hours to a meet. It's really tiring, especially on the weekends. And then like I go... When I was competing in high school, I was just like in the metro, in the metro area, you just drive like like fifteen to twenty minutes to a school, and then you're just back home at like fifteen right. twenty minutes like after. Yeah, I think I think that can kind of wear on you after a while. You know, I mean, college just has its advantages, and the MIAA where you're competing is a really good uh, a league, and um, there's a lot of good athletes there. Probably one of the, the best uh, Division two. Conferences in the nation. So another question for, is uh, when it comes to like getting your players uh, recruited to college, um, how do you like how do you like try to influence uh, 
where where do, where would the the best fit be uh, for uh, what program like the kid wants to go to, and um, how do you like help them reach that goal of getting that scholarship to that uh, program? Yeah, that's that's a good question too because it's you know it was really really hard this last year with COVID due to NCAA rules. You know, no Division One coach could come watch somebody play this year. Division Two could, but Division One so. Uh, the other thing is, you know, of course, you know, with the NCAA, they gave everybody an extra year. So it really kind of pigeonholed the, the high school senior this past year because basically you can have your whole team come back this last year. So that made it for a really unique situation. We were really did a great job. I, I got some really good coaches. And what, one of my deals that, that I've really I've been fortunate enough in my career is to be able to have a lot of uh, assistant coaches move on to the head coaching positions in, in the high school, college, and even in the NBA. That's been a really special. But, you know, we were able to do lots of uh, – films lots of uh, a video on kids you know send that out to a lot of people we called lots of coaches uh we were kind of really lucky i had a senior this last year named alston mason we kind of got Loyola interested in him because clayton was assistant coach there. they offered alston and then the coach Moser got the oklahoma job then he offered alston there so i've got a kid go we've got a guy going to oklahoma this year which is amazing and amazing especially because you know that he wasn't he the first time he's going to meet Austin is when he goes on campus next week. So face to face, he's talked to him on the phone a bunch. So uh, that was really good uh, for us. Really lucky. I have a son who's a, played for me, and he's an assistant coach at UMKC. So one of our players, Jack Chapman, was lucky enough to get a scholarship there. And then on the Division Two side, we were really lucky to uh, to be so close. We were able to have Pitt State, uh, Missouri Southern, and Poyas, Fort Hayes, and Central Missouri, and lots of Division Two schools come to our games. And we had a young man that uh, got a scholarship in Central Missouri. So uh, to be able to place three kids in a college in one year is, is really hard to do. And really lucky and really so glad that these kind of follow their dreams to be able to do that. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I was reading an article um, one of my friends sent me, and they were talking about how, like, the transfer portal is going to make it hard for recruiting because a lot of the Division One coaches are going to be looking towards, like, the portal to, like, find right. players. But, yeah, the transfer portal definitely is going to make things a little bit more uh, more difficult for, like, especially those high school, in- incoming high schoolers who are trying to get a – try and look for a spot, especially at those top schools. And also – with those like smaller schools, they're going to be a little bit more afraid to play the big schools because they're afraid that the big schools will be using the small schools to try to maybe like look in their their talent, maybe see if they're going to be in the portal, maybe to get to acquire them like in like the next year. Yeah, yeah, that, I think you got a valid point, Sam. And to to have a, a player like Cam Martin who's uh, going to uh, Kansas next year. From Missouri Southern in Division Two, and I, I bet you he played is a good player at KU. Uh, so I think we've seen a lot of that. I told you my son coaches at uh, UMKC, and they had a really good player who was a senior, and he could have came back, and he entered the transfer portal, and and he's at Florida. Yeah, now. Brandon and, uh, McKissick. And, uh, so yeah, Brandon McKissick. So to see uh, how the big schools are taking chances on players from smaller schools, uh, I think that's pretty cool. I think it just says a lot about the quality of Division Two basketball and, and even, you know, lower levels uh, of the NCAA Division One. Definitely. A couple things you, you, you did touch base on with just in terms of, like, your development. I don't know if, if this goes through your mind. I mean, at least for me, like, because Sam and I always watch college basketball, and then we'll see the local high schools, like, 
obviously Blue Valley Northwest. What kind of goes through those high school coaches' mindsets? It, I guess year to year, it's always different. But on average, how many freshmen or sophomores make the varsity team and how many of the teams that you've kind of coached have been compromised of just like seniors? Like, how is that balance year to year? Yeah, it, it changes uh, each year when you see uh, uh, what you have. Uh, I, I kind of told you earlier with my son and uh, Clayton and Ben and Kyle and David and all the guys on that team, you know, they end up, I end up having uh, those guys kind of end up starting since their sophomore year in high school, junior year, and senior year. So after they graduated, you know, I really I kind of had a down year just because I had to develop some kids. I think most of the time, high school coaches at least, uh, kind of look at, you know, you want to have some seniors, but you also want to have some young guys and you don't want to have a all senior team because the next year it makes it really hard. So if you have a, you know, two or three seniors and you got two or three juniors and maybe a sophomore, a freshman, freshman, you're kind of not guaranteed, but you kind of set yourself up to be good every year. And uh, I've kind of been lucky a few uh, for four or five years in a row to be able to do something like that. You know, you want to be able to reload and regroup and uh, when you have all seniors it's hard to do that yeah no doubt i know it's it's probably like a tough question for you to answer but like out of your five state championship teams which of the teams i guess did you enjoy the most coaching that's a hard one to answer but you know i, I really my first year at blue valley northwest like that was 2002 or 2003 you know we made it to state which i hadn't done in a long time and uh then we took third the year after that and those were probably the most enjoyable years is kind of setting a foundation in a new school to do that you know i, I had Kristen braun and i talked about his senior year earlier you know he averaged close, close to 30 points and 11 rebounds uh you know led our team in assists and steals and you know he just had an unbelievable senior year to be part of that was uh uh, really cool. Uh, then, of course, having my son's group, we got to the state tournament, and Perry Ellis uh, was there at the same time, and he beat us for a couple of years. And then when Perry graduated, we were able to win back-to-back state titles uh, with those guys. And one year, we were 25-0, and 0, and uh, we were able to beat uh, a lot of really good teams. The team from Minneapolis, Pete LaSalle, was really good, and I think we, we were able to knock them off. And I don't think we had a very close game in Kansas against Kansas schools. So, you know, a lot of memories from a lot of different teams, and uh, I really hard to pick just one. Did you didn't uh do you guys take uh take the team with Clayton Custer and Ben Richardson to uh Minneapolis and they played against Tyus Jones? Yes, uh we did and uh the year before we played against a guy named Greg Travis. He's in the NBA playing for somebody now. He played uh, uh his last year he transferred and played at Kentucky and they were they were ranked like seventh or eighth in the country and we we'll beat them and uh it was really cool because we played them in the target center and then that night after the game, uh Kevin Durant had forty eight points when he was playing for OK OKC. So that was a really special thing. And then the year after, uh we played uh Tyus Jones, he was from Apple Valley. Believe it or not, Trey Jones was on the team as a ninth grader, uh, and he played, and he was really good. And uh, they had uh, a kid that played at Buffalo and someplace else. They had a really good team, and we we had a big lead, and not a big lead, but nine point lead in the second half. And we kind of got Tyus mad, and he kind of went nuts on us. They ended up beating us, but it was a really good game. Yeah, that that's definitely it's really unique, you know, to like be able to travel to like Minnesota and play against those players. I saw Reed Travis play in person because he was at uh, Stanford uh, before right, he went to Kentucky. 
He was right. a very talented player, I remember. Yeah, he was really good. And they had a guard that played at Minnesota. They had a really famous coach that uh, uh, I think he was at Colorado State last year. And he's back at Minnesota coaching the Gophers. But uh, that was uh, fun. And to be able to play in that environment wow, was really cool because they had uh, uh, there's been a lot of great players, high school players that up there. In fact, a couple of years ago, uh, Sierra Canyon played with uh, uh, LeBron's son. They were really good. There's a, a really good player that played at Iowa State that played the game before us. He plays for the Raptors now. I Matt Thomas is his name. So I remember watching him play before we played, and that was really cool. Yeah. Did you Did you ever get the Do you ever when uh I remember Clayton he committed to Iowa State and played a year there before he transferred. Uh, did you, did you ever be in get in contact with Fred Hoiberg? And uh, if you did, uh, what what was he like? He was great. Great person. Uh, in fact, his uh, daughter went to KU, and uh, um, she was in my uh, niece's uh, sorority. But uh, I, I went up to a few practices uh, with uh, our Coach Horberg. In fact, he came to Kansas City and spoke at a clinic, uh, so I've got to know him. And in fact, my son, uh, that's at UMKC now, was a graduate assistant for two years. And one year, he was under Coach Horberg in Nebraska. Best thing about Fred Horberg is that he's such a mild mannered person. And when he, when I'd go to a practice, I just couldn't believe how uh, he didn't get uh, very loud or didn't get, you know, didn't yell at anybody, didn't uh, completely opposite of what I'm used to. And, uh, but, you know, it just says there's so many different ways to be effective as a coach. And of course, he's a really good coach. So he's a great, great person. You did mention a little bit about how you went to Minnesota and how you went up against. Tyus Jones and several other players that wound up going to you know premier colleges, but you did actually coach the 2019 McDonald's All American Game with Cole Anthony, Anthony Edwards, and Vernon Carey. All those guys were drafted in the first round. Cole Anthony, Anthony Edwards were both lottery picks. I, I am curious, like how did that end up coming about, and then how was that experience like? I, I really still don't know how it came about, but my my guess is Ben Richardson and Clayton Custer were at Loyola. Uh, they went on an unbelievable run, and, you know. During the during the run during that run, you know, they were getting interviewed, and they just said some really nice things about me. And then I went to the games, and I think uh, uh, Clayton hit a game winning shot against Tennessee. And after he hit the shot, he comes off the court, comes to me, and the TV cameras are on him. And and then the next week, Ben's the MVP of the South Regional in Atlanta, Georgia. And I went to that game, and those guys deserve all the credit, but they ended up, you know, getting me a lot of publicity too. And I ended up being on CBS during game time, and. I know a couple of the announcers, uh, Danny Manning and Brad Underwood, and they said some very, Frank Martin, they said some really nice things about me. So I would say that but that probably had a uh, lot to do with me, me being selected the next year. Also, probably, I don't know, but uh, you know, I've gotten to know uh, Coach Self at KU very uh, well, and uh, he's been so nice to me in my career and so helpful to me. And, uh, you know, he may have had something to do too, but I never have gotten to find out exactly who nominated me or how it happened. I remember a couple of times I bought, when I watched the Kansas play, and um, Brent Fraschilla has uh, given you a shout-out uh, multiple times. Yeah, when he yeah. about DB. Right. Yeah, that was really really nice of him to do that, too. Yeah, I just uh, I love going to the games, and especially having Christian there now makes it really, really good. And having Austin in Oklahoma makes it great. You were talking about Joe Pleasant earlier. Uh, at Abilene Christian, he hit two foul shots with a second to go to beat Texas, and he ended the transfer portal. 
and he's at Wichita State now. So uh, being able to have you know those guys close and be able to see them play is going to be really cool. Yeah, no doubt. Now that you're looking back on now that you've coached, you know several high schools. You you coached um, you know at, at Baker University. Now you're going to be in a new environment in North Kansas City. For for maybe coaches that are just getting started or or people that want to get involved in the high school basketball landscape, what would your like words of encouragement be or things that, you know, these guys should look out for? Well, I, I think number one, number one, that, you know, you have to have a lot of passion for what you're doing. Uh, I always tell uh, uh, young coaches, you know, you set your own mark, be yourself. Don't try to be, you know, when I was uh, younger, I would go to, every Bob Knight clinic, watch him on TV. I go to Indiana and, uh, I could not be him and I'm glad I wasn't him, <laughs> but he, uh, uh, but, but a lot of coaches are, uh, you know, trying to emulate somebody and really you need to be comfortable just being yourself, you know, do, being you. Cause I think kids can't kind of see through that when you're trying to be something different. And I've been really lucky cause I, my kids going to see me coach, but they also see me a lot off the court. And uh, I'm a lot different than that, than how I am on the court. And uh, so being able to develop relationships with kids would be huge. Uh, being able to study the game. The other thing, uh, I coach a lot of youth basketball. Uh, in fact, I, my son and I coach a third grade team together. Big time college coaches are, are great coaches, but there's also great youth coaches. There's great uh, middle school coaches. There's great coaches on the girls' side. And uh, um, so... It makes it, uh, you know, you can learn anywhere and at any time. And I, I really try to do that. A question, a question, a coaching question real quick. Uh, Coach Fritz, um, how would you describe like a little bit more of your leadership style? And uh, would you say throughout the years you've had to like change it up a little bit to adapt to maybe some of the times and like some of like the current like current like events, I guess? You know, I like to call it shared leadership. Uh, I want to be able to have a um you know, the players be able to lead uh, on my good teams that I've had. The player-led teams are a lot better than coach-led teams. That was really good. You went back to the Donald's game. You know, I came in and I wasn't intimidated, but it was overwhelming to, you know, be around uh, Anthony Edwards and Cole Anthony and uh, Isaiah Stewart and Vernon Carey and uh, Scotty Lewis and all those guys. Uh, but they were so eager to, to try to be really good and, and try to do that. And uh, I remember the first time we got there, Cole is a very uh, out, has a going personality. He's very loud, great guy. Love him. But uh, it took a while to get to uh, to get him under wraps. And, uh, we ended up playing a game of pool, billiards, and I, I got to uh, on the table on him. And I think after that, he kind of maybe thought I was okay. So uh, <laughs> uh, once I once I got him on my side, uh, it was everything was uh, a lot easier. And of course, Cole ended up being the uh, MVP of the uh, uh, game, which was uh, really cool. And uh, and he deserved it. And and he was a really good player. And he did really, he did a really good job this year in Orlando. So when in doubt, I think uh, if you're unsure about. If players are unsure about you, I think they should challenge you to a game of pool, and they'll be humbled real quick. Uh, I'm not bad at billiards, <laughs> uh, but I, I'm very competitive in a lot in everything I do. So I, I like to do that. And uh, but uh, uh, he wasn't very good at it, so he thought he was. So that, that was good. You did mention how, like, when you talked about advice, 
you did say that for the up and coming coaches, I guess don't try to you know, try to emulate your own self, try to craft your own image. And you did mention you didn't want to look up to Bob Knight. I mean, was there a coach that maybe uh, you watched at the college level or, or pro level when you first started, like when you were 25 or 26 years old, um, that you kind of were like, huh, I want to take some some coaching traits from that guy and kind of mesh it with my own skills. Yeah. You know, I try to take it uh, take it from everybody I uh, I watch. Uh, Bob Knight just kind of happened to be when I was that age. was kind of probably the, uh, the big – uh, the big name uh, coach. Uh, I, I remember going to some clinics with Coach K was at. I remember going to uh, a Kentucky clinic when Rick Pitino was the coach there. And, and uh, now I'd probably say that I'd probably go to more KU basketball practices than, than anything else. And so even though I'm older than uh, Coach Selva, I still look up to him and pick up a lot from him. And he, he's a really uh, smart coach and does a great job. And uh, also I have a great relationship with Bruce Weber at K-State, and he's been awful good to me too. I got a, a question relating to, like, high school basketball in the state of Kansas. If there was one one thing you would change, like maybe like a rule or how a, how how the game is being played in the state of Kansas, what would be a one one uh, rule change that you would want to see uh, implemented in uh, in uh, Kansas for high school basketball? Well, I think this would be more for uh, the whole country, but I think we're getting really close to getting a shot clock, and I think that would uh, that would really help. Uh, that would really uh, help the game, and and I've always tried to. Uh, you know, play fast on offense. So I've never shot clock wouldn't uh, do do that. I know a couple of years ago, uh, I had a really uh, good team. I think three or four years ago, and we were uh, playing in the state championship game. Uh, we uh, I had a really long team, and besides Chris was on the team, his brother Parker, who played at Missouri, and now he's at Santa Clara. He's six ten. Joe Pleasant was six seven, and we kind of had a really good uh, zone that we uh, played in, played, and it was aggressive zone, but uh, the team we were playing in the state championship uh, came out and uh, stalled to start the game. And, uh, you know, I just didn't want to, you know, I just didn't want to be the guy that, you know, played a slow game like that. So we (laughs) played man-to-man after that. We won the game. But, uh, um, you know, I just think having a shot clock will help kids – get better they'll be able to make more decisions there'll be more offensive possessions uh and uh, the game will be quicker so i think that will be huge that that will that would be the number one thing uh that i would do the other thing i think with kansas uh you know i'm going to missouri we play 25 games in the regular season in missouri now we start practice two weeks earlier and uh um you know kansas plays a total of 20 games uh you can't practice over christmas uh, I think it kind of restricts players' development, uh, and I think the more games you play, I think that's better for everybody and, and uh, better for the game. So those would be two things. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like the more games you play, the better you are. Um, and and uh, yeah, that shot clock—that's been something that I wish that that Kansas would implement. I think it would make the game a little bit better. I think the I think the skill level would even increase because they're forced to like decision make a lot quicker and not take your time and just like pass it all, all around and trying to like burn the clock out and also more strategic 
a lot. It would be a lot more decisions you could make as a coach. And then, uh, how much? What would would you say thirty five would be like the like the the right like amount for like a shot clock in high school? I, I'd say thirty or thirty five. I think that'd be great. I think that I think I've heard forty uh, also, but you know, I, I would uh, I would rather have it be twenty four. But I, I think I think thirty thirty five to forty is probably what what it will be. Another question I have, obviously, uh, you've you've had a lot of players who have gone Division One in basketball, and then like Division Two and like other uh, divisions in college basketball. How many athletes would you say that you've coached on your bas- in throughout the years have gotten uh, scholarships not for basketball but for like football or baseball? You know, I've had a. Uh, I, I I I don't want to even say a number, but I've always. Uh, you know, encourage kids to play multiple sports. Uh, our, uh, we have a kid uh, this year that just uh, that's a junior at Blue Valley Northwest. His name's Mikey Pauly. He's quarterback of the football team. Uh, he was a uh, played center for me, and then he was the uh, catcher on the baseball team. And he's already committed to play at uh, the next level in baseball in Nebraska. And, uh, and he may end up getting some Division One football scholarships. You know, basketball is probably his third sport, but though he did a great job for us. So, I could I couldn't give you a, a number. I had a player a few years ago named uh, Trey Brown uh, that uh, ended up playing a little bit with the Chicago Bears. I played at UCLA as a cornerback, um, and uh, I know I've had a few more, but I just can't think of them right now. Yeah, I was I was I found out this like there's this like this like stat out there that like I think it was last year's NFL draft that like every every. Uh, Athlete selected in the first round was a multi-sport athlete, so I right. I think I think it, that'd be it's a it would be I think a, a really I think one of the things that's key for a high school coach I've noticed is to encourage multiple sports and because uh, that also not it'll prevent burnout and it also will help build that competitiveness and uh, want just uh, finding people who want to compete no matter what what the sport is. Yeah, yeah, and another thing that I always. Uh, uh, tell them is you know if a kid plays football or soccer, then that's one one you know one season where I don't have to worry about them you know worry about uh, what they're doing or or uh, if they're getting in a gym or whatever uh, they're they're playing on a sport so uh, uh, it's always good that they're they're playing a fall sport or a spring sport in my opinion yeah hundred percent Ed we do really appreciate you you know taking the time tonight and and you know. Talking various stages of the game of basketball, you know, player development, um, leadership, and then obviously your aspect of coaching. Uh, Sam and I appreciate you taking the time tonight. Hey, Steven and Sam, uh, I sure appreciate you guys having me on, and uh, uh, I look forward to listening to your podcast in years to come. Thank you. You don't need no